closer to the athletes, coaches, families, and fans of Cincinnati sports. It's On the Sidelines with Q102's Molly Watson and Lindsey Patterson. Presented by OrthoCincy, the orthopedic authority. Good morning, Mr. Bench. Good morning. My name is Johnny. Okay. Okay. We'll call you Johnny. My name is Molly Watson. And of course, I think you've met my partner, Lindsay Patterson. We're on the sidelines with you. And I have been looking forward to this interview for several weeks. So thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. My pleasure. Jennifer is joining us with, uh, I think it was, well, you got a certain name. We have to do this. We have to do, it's called uh, GCI Health. So she's a, she's the vice president and she's the one that sort of monitors everything that I do. And what we talk about with uh, get real about skincancer.com. So we're All ready right. when you are. Perfect. We are ready. Lindsay, I'm going to just throw it to you. Okay, before we get into all of the Reds baseball season with Johnny Bench, we do need to bring awareness to a great campaign I know that you're working on and talking about. It's summertime. Sunscreen ball caps are important. I'm wearing one right now. Those yearly visits to dermatologists. And I know you've experienced going through a pretty scary experience. If you could just share your story, just how important it is to bring awareness to BCC, the most common type of non-melanoma skin cancer. Yeah, the basal cell carcinoma, of course, we don't want squamous. We don't don't want uh, uh, any other problems going down, and it's so important. I've always had a dermatologist, and I've always followed up with it. I think growing up in Oklahoma, working in the fields, chopping cotton, and combining peanuts, and pulling cotton, that I was always exposed. And, of course, uh, the largest part of the time I was outside playing baseball and practicing. So I was always exposed to the sun, but it wasn't something that, you know, we really thought about with the having some kind of sunscreen. I I remember seeing the people at the pool putting in baby oil and iodine, trying to get that super tan. And now they're paying the price, so down the road. But it's also important to let our young people know how important it is to protect themselves now. We have to know that we are baking our skin and doing things. In fact, uh, 1964, 10 years ago, um, I, had, uh, I had basal cell carcinoma. I had Mohs surgery under my, on my eyelids. And I look like kind of like look like Muhammad Ali after that, after the surgery. And I don't want anybody to have to go through that. And just last week, one week ago today, uh, I went to my uh, dermatologist and actually down here in Florida. And then I dropped by my dermatologist in Cincinnati because he had done my original Mohs surgery. And I said, well, I've got a little spot here. And he said, that's nothing. It's fine. But what about this up here? And I said, well, they had it looked at. They weren't really serious or concerned. And he said, I said, well, he said, well, I am. And he did a biopsy on Tuesday and on uh, called me Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning. He said, I want you in the chair. And he took out the, uh, as it turns out, a basal cell carcinoma, found out what it was, biopsied it. And so I've, uh, there was another thing gone by. And I think so many of us and are aware of it now with the uh, sunscreen and avoiding the sun, especially in midday. And there's certain people on this uh, broadcast that we're talking about. They're fair-skinned and blonde. And are you talking to me? <laughs> hey, I'm talking to you, Molly. It's it, it's so important to know actually that skin has a certain. There's more percentages for the, you know, blonde, fair-skinned, all the stuff. Uh, shout out that your website one more time for us. Let's get real about skincancer.com. Right. You know, Sanofi and Regeneron, the Alliance, are putting all of this together because. They, they don't have products. They just want to make sure that everybody's aware of what we're doing. 
Extremely important. While we have you, you know, we have to talk a little bit about Reds baseball. I know they're in a break right now with the all-star break back in action this weekend. It isn't going as planned. They've had some injuries this season, but what has been <laughs> just, just a few um, what has been the most disappointing part of the season for you? Because I know you're watching. You're, you're a fan just like us, too. Well, sure. But the start of the season, I mean, how could you go any worse? Yep. I mean, it's just it was just beyond belief that they could go out and one and 14 or two and 15 or two and 17. And, and it just basically ruins ruins it for everyone. I mean, right now. I mean, especially for the Reds and just had the Bengals come off one of the greatest seasons in, uh, in, you know, Cincinnati history. So I think it's important that we know that uh, it's, it was important. And obviously I mean, there were some trades and I didn't mind the trades so much and everything else. They thought some of these kids were ready, but uh, they, uh, it just hasn't team, been a team that's gelled. Votto's been hurt so much and everything else and people go down and, you know, you know, I kind of wonder about that, you know, how we, how we can have so many injuries. It just, it just doesn't seem possible, but you know, they, they do a whole training regimen now. I mean, they do the whole thing, you know, when we played, I really never pulled muscles. Of course, it's hard to pull fat. So it wasn't like there's, there was a real problem. And back in our days, I pull a hamstring. I just put the hot salve on it, wrap it up in an ace bandage and play And Of course they couldn't, they couldn't, my speed never changed anyway. So, but I'd be, I'd be well in a week. Now they're out for three months and they're just being cautious. I understand it's a whole different thing. Analytics is a whole new animal in, in the baseball world and people, some people swear by it, live by it and everything else. But, uh, you know, we've developed some great, good minor league players uh, and just hasn't, it hasn't worked right now for them. And it's hard to get off to a season where let's face it, Cincinnati fans are fair weather, you know? They're, they're going to be 40,000 for opening day because it's the greatest thing and ever and then, then 13,000 the next day. So, you know, but you've got to rev them up. You've got to have something exciting and everything else. And, uh, you know, we've got, we've got some good young players in different positions, but we just haven't had any continuity in the lineups. What's some of your expectations for the second half of the season? What do you want to see from this crew? Well, I think there'll probably be a trade. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that uh, it's not made in this next next few days. I know I know of certain clubs I've talked to that just as friends would say, and 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 they are looking at you know making some changes. These are the guys that are leading the division, but they may be one pitcher away. So you look at the Reds; they're not going anywhere. You look at contracts, and you see Castillo may have a possibility. He's been pitching well. Sometimes those things like that, you got him, or you got a reliever, or one arm that can make a difference or one of the guys that really fill a need. You know, sometimes the starters become backup players on other teams, but they become so vital for someone going down. You just talked about injuries. So, I mean, you know, let's face it, when we were the big red machine, we had great people. We had Merv Redman, we had Terry Crowley, we had Doug Flint, we had Bill Plummer, all these people filling in when maybe we weren't in the lineup. And those guys are just as important to a pennant drive as the starters are. So, you know, it takes 25 players. And so they may be looking at something and the Reds may be looking at contracts. Uh, who's down the pipeline. I'm not aware of that because I'm not privy to that information with them. I'm just a, I'm just a former Cincinnati Red. I used to was. Well, a legendary Cincinnati Red, the greatest catcher of all time. So, well, that's I, what I, I make my kids call me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys, come here. Come here. Call come me here, go. Go Okay, go. 
I'm a goat. Okay. <laughs> the goat. The goat. Uh, so I, I've enjoyed so far this season watching Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan India, Hunter Green. Uh, do you have any young guys that you kind of look forward to watching? No, I think you mentioned the guy. I mean, Tyler's Tyler, you know, got the foul ball. He did the stuff. It was an accident. Jonathan India. I mean, nobody works harder. And this kid is so aggressive and wonderful and everything else. And we're, we'll see about Green. You know, right now he's, you know, I I have, I've only seen him pitch a few times. Yeah, everybody gets love. It falls in love with the 98 miles an hour and the 100 miles an hour and everything else. But there's a couple of other pitches that has to be done. And it's just, you know, the home run ball. How do you adjust to it? What's going on? What are they preparing him for? I'd love to, you know, I'd love to be back behind the plate catching, even warming up a guy just to see or just stand behind him on the mound. But, you know, that's like, you know, we've got a system. We've got everything. And they've all got, you know, 13 coaches. You should be able to figure it out. But I can see it from where it's sitting here at this desk. And I can tell what people do and don't do. But, you know, they've got, you know, they got their own system. And so uh, my system is uh, antiquated, I guess. So uh, I'm not the one answering questions. So, you know, kind of looking back a little bit, who would you say was your favorite pitcher to call the signals and to catch for? Well, I mean, you, when when you have a guy like Tom Seaver that was traded over, it's kind of hard to to say that. Jack Billingham won 19 games two years. Don Gullett was my one of my all 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 time favorite because he fastball slider and he had a quick move to home. Nobody ever stole a base on us. Gary Nolan, uh, my old roommate, uh, we formed the youngest battery. I think one of the youngest batteries in history. We we're both 19 years old in 1967. So you know, people start or to start figuring it out that there are guys like that, you know, but you know, Raleigh Eastwick, Will McEnany, Pedro Morbone, Clay Carroll, all of them had were unique and you had to be kind of a psychologist in a lot of ways. You had to understand there are three types of pitchers. There's the pitcher that you introduce yourself to every night. Cause they're not sure. You're not sure where they know where they are. Then there's the guy that has the mechanics. And then there's the guy that you actually have to put your spikes right up his backside to get him to, to move him out and to tell him, uh, force him to get confidence. Uh, there's some great stories like that, that, that some of these guys just need it, but you have to understand and you've got to work a game. It's kind of like, you're the, you're the artist. You've got the canvas and we're going to paint the way this is going to go out. So, you know, there's so much information out there. Uh, other teams have everything that you're going to throw at three and one, everything you're going to go to and Oh, every pitch you're going to go and the shift and all the stuff. So, you know, I, uh, the only thing I would like to have is the money, but what would I do with 500 million? Huh? No, no, they make more in a, they make more in two weeks than I made in my entire career. Oh my gosh. It is insane. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all right. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. I mean, look at the big money you're making. <laughs> oh yes. Just rolling in it. Just rolling. Oh man. Oh yeah. I know. Cincinnati. Shots fired. Shots yeah, fired. Yeah. The only reason they let go of the nickels to get a better grip. That's the only thing they want to do. I'd like to have a raise. You know how lucky you are to be here? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Okay. I mean, you have some very good points. You are just, you are, you are uh, definitely hitting them right now. So uh, we want to talk to you about, uh, Lindsay, I think you had a question about um, the the outlook. Yeah, the outlook for this team. Do you think, and and look, they're struggling right now. They might struggle next year. Come on, Lindsay. Come on. Let's get real. Are you asking, is this a producer doing these questions or what is an outlook? (laughs) Can you tell me? What is your outlook? You've got a better outlook than I have. Oh, he wants us to be, 
Okay, he, he doesn't want us dancing around, Linz. You're right. You're right. I'm trying to be optimistic. Um, do you see this team contending in 2024? Orthosensi Orthopedics and Sports Medicine has eight convenient orthopedic urgent care clinics in Kentucky, Ohio, and Indiana with convenient weekday, evening, and Saturday hours for fractures, sprains, strains, and more. Orthosensi's dedicated orthopedic specialists will treat your sports, work, or everyday injury. Just walk in. No appointment is ever needed at Orthosensi Orthopedic Urgent Care. Plus, you'll spend less time and money than going to a crowded ER. Learn more at orthosensi.com. That's orthosensi with a Y.com. Um, do you see this team contending in 2024? I'm contending in 2024. <laughs> I'm not worried about them right now. I've got 12 and say 16 year old kids that I'm trying to make contenders out of them and get them through school. And uh, I'm Mr. Mom, man. I just got them off to tennis this morning and we're going to, and I'll cook them lunch. We had breakfast this morning and now we'll have dinner the night. Tomorrow we'll go to Cooperstown. And we'll go to the Hall of Fame. Then we'll come in for the Johnny Bench Award, which is the College Catcher of the Year. That's next Tuesday in Cincinnati at Great American Ballpark. And then we've got some events at the Reds Hall of Fame on that Thursday night with the Wright Society. So, you know, I got uh, my dance cards full. You do okay. it all. You, you really do. do. Yeah, Including. I've been mean, for three and a half years by myself. So 24-7. So is there oh. anything better in your life? It's like, you know, look at me. I mean, I look terrific. And I thought I did anyway. And I, I turned 74 at my birthday. And I asked this lady, I said, do I look 74? And she said, no, but you used to. <laughs> wow. So you're, you're yeah. kind of aging in reverse. Yeah. We, uh, I'm, I'm, and I look at myself in the mirror and I'm thinking, oh, well, okay. Yeah. And then you go to the, you go to the movie and they ought to, they just give you the senior citizen ticket. They don't <laughs> even, they don't even ask you for an ID. They did that when I turned 65. Oh, wow. Now, your birthday's coming up in when? December? You still have a few months. Yeah, I can wait a minute. We're going to have a big birthday party out in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah big 75. 75. Hey, so. speaking of Oklahoma, we have to talk about this. Hee Haw, the show back in the 70s that you were on. Uh, you don't know anything. You're not old enough. To we know. Okay, but hey, I did my research. We always okay. dig deep. We do a lot of research. And I have to say, too, my dad and all of his friends were, I mean, they were so starstruck and excited that I got to interview you today. So they fired off a couple questions, things they wanted to know, and they brought up Hee Haw. And I was like, all right, I got to look this up. What is this all about? Uh, because it was the 70s. Lindsay and myself, we were not born yet, but you sang Oklahoma Morning, this one episode. On a cold that I autumn watched. day, the freshness of the breeze brought the morning. That was the song that uh, Charlie Pride had. Charlie gave it to me to sing. And so I used that on the show. Charlie was a good friend of mine, Buck Owens and Roy Clark. And Grandpa Jones and um, yeah, I was uh, I I did actually did uh, don't mess around with Jim. You know there you, there was another one on hey, y'all, I was on there a couple of times with Minnie Pearl and and uh, yeah I was that's why I guess I was very successful in my afterlife is that I was not afraid to go on. I went with Bob Hope in 1970 on the USO trip and uh, Vietnam and I went with him in Desert Storm, but. After that, they, you know, I could walk and chew gum and I would get on and I would sing and I could talk and I started doing motivational speaking and everything else. And, you know, people would say to me, well, my, my child wants to be a catcher. What do I tell them? And I say, catch every ball. And they would go. And I said, you think about it. If you catch everything thrown your way. And so I wrote a book, Catch Every Ball, How to Handle Life's Pitches. And so if you, it's like you right now, you have people in that studio, your engineers, all of these things come together. 
And so it's the vowels of success, the A-E-I-O-U's of life. And what would be your A? Mine's an attitude. E is an effort for excellence. O is an opportunity. Uh, individuality, you, there is no I in team. It's all I's. If you don't have the best people working for you, then you've got a problem. You're going to have to fill in. You're the one going to have to throw all the switches. And you've got a great team together. And you is using knowledge that other people have, learning from them. And then, you know, so I had a lot of people, you know, a lot of my friends and celebrities and everything else write out their vows. So when you're done, what is your A? What is an aspiration? Or you can do a lot, anything you want to do, but it, it sort of gives you a, a standard of what you do. What are my vows? And so if you follow those and, uh, you know, the things that you do, you know, you, you try to avoid, you, you eliminate, you eliminate things in your life. That's a good E. You eliminate things in your life. A is an answer. I, I asked the school, the school uh, president to say, can you give my kids the answers? And he said, that's interesting. I said, why are we holding it out? I read a chapter and I don't understand it. And then what are the most key things in there? My job is to learn, teach them every day about natural and learning streetwise and learning street things that they can understand. And so we start to go in depth. The things we're doing here is starting trying to give people knowledge about cancer, about things and how to become well and aware of them. And they understand it because we talk about it here and they're very aware of it on the tennis courts and everything else, hats, they wear hats. And, and it's really cool to know that these things can happen. So when you're working together as a team, you've got to have somebody doing their job, you do your job, and hopefully you can have a leadership that, you know, leadership, you shouldn't even have to have a manager. You should be able to do it by yourself. They can give you ideas and everything else, but you should have enough pride and intestinal fortitude to be able to go in there every day and, and make, you know, I say hello to people and they look like, how you doing today? I'm awesome. And they look at you and like, I say that. And it's amazing that you feel awesome or you feel great or you have an attitude that right now, you know, an attitude is somebody woke up with an attitude next to you or somebody, you have your choice of attitudes. So you walk in, somebody has an attitude, just eliminate them, ignore them. I, another I. So you can go through all these things and you can have a great life and you can go forward. And use people. I tell people I use them all the time. I will use you because you have knowledge I don't have. Yeah. I don't have the computer. I just had a problem with the TV. I had to get the TV technician out. If a computer, all these things I don't have. So I use them. And from them, I learn. And the more you learn, the more you grow. And the more you grow. And now you understand when you start talking to people and you become aware of what they're looking for and you start to judge them. So it's a great opportunity for me, for my child, my children, and everything else in my life, and to continue on. Wow, I'm beautifully ready to said. I'm ready. To I know. I'm like, well, like, let's yeah, go. <laughs> yeah. That was just that was the the inspiration, the motivation, fuel I needed today. Thank you for that. Uh, I will say this: this makes me think of my dad. Uh, whenever somebody says, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, in passing, he'll go, "Never had a bad day in my life," and people are always like, kind of taken aback, like, "Oh." So that makes me think of just, you know, why not? Well, you know, I'm like, I got a little pain here. And I, no, we don't, they don't want to hear it. Oh, I'm just doing this. I tell you about this. And, you know, you know, as you get old, you talk about weather and the health and what pills you're taking. You know, it's like, it's like, what are we doing here? But if it's just a, you know, what, so what? You can sit there and wallow in it all you want. And what's it going to get you? Just, you know, people will say, I'm going to avoid that person because they never have a good day. And yeah, they're going to suck. 
Yeah. And then, you know, we go to, we have a breakfast group with a three-star general, a retired general. We have the former CFO of Florida. We have a guy that has, is a manager and, and third in command at a major uh, distribution center, a guy that does. And we get out and we abuse each other. We laugh at each other and we do it. And people come by and say, we want to sit at your table. You're having, And we just start because that's what it is. There's no jealousies or anything else. It's just a matter because you can, if you compare yourself to others, you're going to come short. There's greater and lesser people in all of us. So uh, your job is to take care of what you can here and try to grow each day. Yeah. Catch every ball. How to handle life's pitches. I love that. And while we're talking about that kind of on topic, but not really, is it true you can hold seven baseballs in your hand? I thought you did your research. I did. I mean, I read it online, but do you have any around there? Can you show us? There's pick. Uh, let me think about that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't Hell, have if I could still do that, I'd be making fifteen million a year. <laughs> Why the hell would I do that? They'd still have you behind the uh, behind home base there. Oh yeah, yeah. We got uh, got a few things up there. Yeah. So wait, oh. it is true you can do that though. You can hold seven baseballs in I your could, hand. Yeah, I could. That's amazing. Yeah, I used. To, I never touched my toes though. Yeah, was that just like a bar trick? You just like. Or a party No, you take, uh, you take batting practice and they throw the balls in. And if you're standing back there, you start picking up three or four or five balls and putting them in the bucket. So the more you pick up, the less you have to bend over. So then I had five and they said, wow. And I, I said, see if we can do six. And I did six. And so I, I did six. No, I, was, uh, I used to have a baseball around here. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know. Uh, anyway. So you just... Uh, put one fingers between the fingers so they're big enough so you got to be known for something yeah that was i mean i read that and i was like oh we are talking about this he oh yeah big time do you you still sing i'm not just i'm not blowing smoke here you are an incredible singer very few people ask me but i i don't care that's what they i never (laughs) cared then either you know it was just fun it was just you, you, you know the just... words to all the songs and everything else. I've got songwriters that, uh, and and they, you know, I've done. Gosh, I sang with the symphony uh, in Cincinnati with the Greater Cincinnati Pops with the Eric Kunsel and and uh, oh, it's just a fun thing, you know. And you know, of course, they always say, "What happened to the money?" I said, "What money? Well, the money your mother gave you for singing lessons." I, you know, <laughs> it's stuff that you know. Does it bother me? No. I mean, I know when I can can't sing. I can carry a tune. I know the words. And and I made a B in music class in the sixth grade for singing Running Bear. And so I remember that. And that's the only time I ever had to do it. But I I love music. My my sons are into they they do the Imagine Dragons and they rap and they do the Twenty One Pilots and so yeah, I'm just uh I'm just uh I've been in love with music and I always yeah. have been. And I can and... some people say I know more words to more songs than any person they've ever met. So What's your favorite song of all time? Uh, let's see. The Dance, probably. The Dance. Um, who, uh, who is that? Um, Garth Brooks. You're Garth Brooks. Wrong state. Of course you are. <laughs> well, the thing well, is. There we're was, not country there's radio. A, there's a line. There's a line. In fact, it's. Uh, I know this is not going to probably be professional enough. And they're yeah, probably it dying. It's an no, it's okay. I was going to ask if we could get a tour of your office. Are you in your office there? Can you see that? I can. Oh, yeah. Okay, your hand's covering it. Oh, Tony Arada was the writer of this song. That's the one guy. Our lives are better left to chance. I could have missed the pain, but I'd had to miss the dance. So as a catcher, and there's where they all, 
the living legends are. And that was the induction into Cooperstown. Wow. Hey, but what's I that? Could have missed what's, the pain. Is that? I a, mean, I is, could have. I, I had seventeen broken bones. I had seven broken cups. I had. Uh, I could have missed the pain, but I'd had to miss the dance. And so, you know, was it all worth it? Of course it was. Yeah. You're, you're talking to me. You know. You're exactly right. You had to catch every ball. I am, and the river. You know, it seems like a river, never flowing as it goes. But that's another Garth Brooks song. But Toby's my, I want to, you know, my, my, one of my all time favorites is Toby. And of course he's got stomach cancer right now. So mm. I'm, um, I'm a little bit, he said, God's the almighty's riding shotgun right now. Yeah. So, Who's the coolest famous person you've ever met? Well, I, was pretty, I mean, I had, I used to have uh, Christmas Eve dinner with uh, Frank Sinatra. What? I traveled with Bob Hope. I had, I was at the state dinner with, uh, uh and gerald ford uh in the in the white house and my date was susan ford uh I, we were going to meet elvis one night glenn campbell and charlie pride and i were in the audience we've been out playing golf and we were supposed to meet elvis that night afterwards and they came out and said he's not meeting anybody tonight so i don't know if he'd have been cool i guess the way his life was not cool yeah uh, billy graham probably wow yeah Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to go back to Frank Sinatra. How did that even come about? Christmas dinners with, I mean, it, a really good no friend words. of mine was Tom Dreesen. He was the opening act for Sinatra. I had actually met Mr. Sinatra in 1972 when they had the uh, all Americans. Uh, and I sat with him in the, in the clubhouse and, and Jilly and his partner and everything. And we talked, you know, and, uh, and then later on when, and Gregory Peck, my gosh, I can't, you know, you're not old enough, but, Gregory Peck and uh it was all cool man I mean it was like uh Frank and he, we went out into Frank's uh, Frank had a little room out there where he had all the trains and he put on his engineer hat ran the trains and I mean how can you be greater than Bob Hope I went with him twice oh. on the UFO trips uh and we wow. he, we would talk almost every week actually he would call me and hey I got a new one for you a new joke and he wanted so so much to let me be successful you know, and we had our lines and, you know, he would write a better line if he thought I could be better with it or funnier with it. And it was just, uh, it was a great, I mean, it was a great time, a great things. I've been, somebody, we were talking about somebody the other day with that and they were saying, golly, have you ever wrote, I said, I don't know. I never think about that. And of course I've had so many concussions that I'm not really sure, you know, of all the history and facts and everything else. It's just part of my life. Wow. You have lived. That is that is cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, if I had my life to live over, I'd live over a grocery store. <laughs> All right, Lindsay, go ahead. One thing I have to ask you is because we live in a social media age, and we're going to wrap this up soon because I know you're a busy guy and you've been more than gracious with your time. Why do you have Twitter? Because sometimes Twitter, I have to mute people on there and it can be kind of annoying, but, I, but it has to be kind of fun to interact with some fans too. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> why do why do I want to hear them and why do they want to do it? If I respond or anything else, all they're going to do is tell all their friends. Johnny Bench replied to me and all this stuff and everything else. I, I tweet. My son helps me tweet. We do it together to make sure everything's copacetic. We're doing this. We don't go out there and jump out there and have these ideas that bother me. I mean, here's this, this here's this, or how you get political. You know, it, you know, it was like Sammy Kershaw's song. Let's talk about 
NASCAR, old Hollywood movie stars, let's talk about everything, everything in this world, but politics, religion, and her. So let's not get into any of that because you can't win, you know? Mm, yeah, for sure. Politics, it's hard to know who's right. Religion has, you know, it's, it's just, you know, there's this woke society and all these people that want to find wrong with you. You know, they're going to say you're too pretty and you're too this and you have this and you, you can't jump over, a, you know, over the wall. You can't, you can't do this. You can't do that. And it's all your insecurities. So why am I going to get out there with the middle of them? Yeah, I could hold my tongue and everything else. And the thing is, just like working for, for uh, let's get real about skin cancer. It's like, you know, political views. There's going to be somebody come out and say, okay, Regeneron and Sanofi, that's part of their views. And they're going to do this. And they're going to try to tie it into it. And all it takes is 10 people. It takes 10 people for this media to want to say, hey, and talk about it. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous to try to get in, involved. You know, uh, it's not what I do. Yeah. Are your are your sons interested in baseball at all? No. Do they play? No. No. My young, my oldest did. He's sixteen. Bobby's thirty two. Bobby's running my my. Uh, we have the scholarship fund in Cincinnati, which I've had, and and Binger, which we have eighty four kids on scholarship for the last twenty five thirty years. That's and then we have the catcher's award, which he's putting together, and again, it's on Tuesday at the ballpark. And then we have uh, the birthday party coming up. So, yeah. but the Bobby drew too quick. He's six eight, and he just was back. And he's thirty two now. And and then there's Justin who was hit fourteen home runs, and he got hit by a pitch and got gun shy. So they're they're playing soccer and tennis. And the youngest one wants to be player owner. Big aspirations. You All girls right, have a great you. day.